Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. It's Tell Me Everything with John Fugelsang, now on Sirius XM Progress 127. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around. I love it, bet your bottom dollar you lose the blues in Chicago, Chicago. The town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down. Might as well be swing, Frank. Live from Chicago, Illinois, this is Sirius XM Progress. Progress After Dark. I'm John Fugel saying welcome to the Love Fest and a big hello to our executive producer, Chris Houseelt, who pulled that underheard little heat-seeking gem, a little track by Francis Albert Sinatra called Chicago. Thank you, Chris. Kind of brilliant. It is great to be back in the city that made me a New York pizza snob grovel in shame. I'm thrilled to be here. I thought I'd never come back to this beautiful town during the pandemic. Uh, Everything is beautiful. The lakes are beautiful. The river is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The junkies all around Lincoln Park are just, they've never looked healthier. I got to tell you, it is so great after all these years of COVID. I've, I've been to D.C. three times. I've been to L.A. three times. Haven't been to Chicago since pre-pandemic. And boy, does it feel great. And we have a great show for you tonight. Welcome to the show. I'm John saying It is so great to be with you. Our number for the next couple of hours is 866-997-4748. A big shout out to Nico, who is classing up the joint, helping us tonight and taking your calls. Uh, Chris is running this thing Corey. from South Carolina. It's going to be a terrific show tonight. John. Julian Lennon is back. What? Chris, what? John, it's our not producer? Nico. It's Corey. Corey. Oh, it's Corey tonight. So, Oh, wow. Well, in that case, Thank God, because you know what, Corey, Nico, bit of a bit of a prima donna. Got to tell you, not a good guy to work with. I I, I try to be hey. positive, Corey, 
but you're the real deal. Nico, you know, there's problems. John, Nico's still here listening. He's crying. Now, Nico, it's Nico. Okay. Oh, I'm so when I talked about you, the depression and the pills, I meant in a positive way, Nico. And Corey, I would never forget you. It's great to have you back. Corey with an E, right? So good to have you with us. But I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not at my most grounded. And I apologize, Corey, because Julian Lennon makes his return this evening. We sat down to talk to Julian. By sat down, I mean we were sitting in different continents and he was on Zoom with me. He has a new album out. And it's so lovely. It's so beautiful. I hope you'll listen to it. It's it's the most ethereal thing he's ever put out. It's called Jude, which is a reference to a certain song one of his father's friends wrote about him one time. It's a gorgeous record. And Julian has not released any new music in over 10 years. But the interesting thing about this record is it's mostly not new music. These were old songs and old recordings he had done in the past that he found when his former manager uh, left and he wound up turning them into all new songs. It's really great. You're going to love it. And that's just tip of the iceberg because also tonight we're going to be coming at you with facts and comedy and music and fun and quality guests. And our number for you to join the conversation is 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Your very attractive finger plinking those digits out on your device makes you part of the conversation because we're a lot like cable news except we listen to you and it's great to have you let's get to it letitia james is seriously claiming that a guy who cheated his workers and didn't pay contractors and sexually assaults women and stole from americans with a fraudulent online university including veterans and he's also banned from running a charity because he stole from that and he committed election fraud on a taped call this guy might have done something corrupt <laughs> not a good week for authoritarians first donald trump was saying put the warrant out release the warrant show them the warrant merrick garland's like okay bro here you go trump's like no 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 i want a special master Okay, here, boom, 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 boom. we don't want to do that, but okay. And I want it to be the 78-year-old guy that Reagan hired. Okay, you can, you can have that guy. Uh, 78-year-old guy that Reagan hires shows up and says, what are these declassified documents you're claiming? I don't see that. I declassified them. It's, it's, it's me. Okay, show me the proof that you declassified this. No, witch hunt. <laughs> and that's as good as his week was going to get because Attorney General... Tish James and suing him for a quarter of a billion dollars. And his afternoon ended with two Trump appointed judges joining a third on the 11th Circuit to reverse Judge Cannon's choice to keep the DOJ from doing their criminal investigation of Trump. Federal appeals court restored the Justice Department's access to documents with classified markings that were seized last month from Donald Trump's Florida resort, which gave a big victory today to federal investigators in their efforts to uh, examine the crimes that Trump definitely committed. And it's really not a subject for debate, folks. If you're going to come out here and tell me that he declassified them, you don't get to tell me the FBI planted them. Hmm? If you're going to tell me that he has executive privilege, you don't get to come out here and tell me it was just a storage dispute. His stories keep changing. And the DOJ can now proceed with investigating these documents further. I, I kind of feel like they knew what they read it the first time. And they don't have to disclose any classified documents to Trump's team. If you're a Trump supporter, this is good news. Because somebody stole something belonging to your government, and your government got it back. So you should expect Donald Trump to delay this as much as possible. He will ask for a full court to review it again. Because that's all they've got. They're playing for time. 
but I don't know what the goal is. To make it past the midterms? To make it to the midterms? Everything they do, including the special master, has just been a stall technique. And today, in a really brutally worded 29-page decision, Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit blocked Judge Cannon's order that had temporarily barred the department from using the classified materials as they investigated Trump stealing classified materials. <laughs> and that's as good as his day got, because New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a wide-ranging civil lawsuit against Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, Alan Weisselberg, and three of his adult children, his daughter Tiffany, and his two oldest sons, Fredo and Shemp. Uh, this suit is relying on a special statute for repeated instances of alleged violations of a law, mainly real estate transactions. Now, perhaps the kind of things Trump has been doing for years are very common. I'd love to find out. But she's also filing a criminal referral for the feds in the Southern District of New York and a separate tax fraud referral to the IRS for the same 280 pages of detailed fraud. So again, please remember, she's suing him for a quarter billion and she's filing criminal referrals to the feds and tax fraud referrals to the IRS. Yeah. And it's stuff that's been out there. Decades of deception, billions of dollars in him falsifying what his net worth was, all trying to make his company's tax bills as small as possible, to make banks think he was poorer than he was, and insurance companies the same, while also just inflating his net worth by billions of dollars on the other side just to enrich himself and cheat the system, constantly claiming he was poorer than he really was, constantly claiming he was richer than he really was, whichever worked. He claimed his own triplex apartment in Trump Tower. He said this was worth $327 million. Michael Cohen said it's worth maybe $50 million. Attorney General James said, to this date, no apartment in New York City has ever sold for close to $327 million. Trump even claimed his apartment was 30,000 square feet. It was actually 11,000. She called it the art of the steel, and she's seeking a $250 million suit for these allegedly illegal profits netted from his various schemes and a five-year ban on Trump, Mini-Me, Ivanka, and Eric from participating in any real estate transactions. Yeah, a real estate dynasty founded by a dead racist landlord. Pretty much, this would spell the end of the Donald Trump real estate empire if this could happen. And the state seeks a permanent ban on Trump and his three oldest children from serving as directors or officers of any corporation or business licensed in New York State. It's important to remember, no matter how crazy life gets, stop and smell the train wreck. Because as bad as it is for Trump this week, it's as good as it's going to get. And whatever burden you're carrying in your life right now, you're going to have a better 2022 and a better 2024 than the former host of Celebrity Apprentice. Right-wing Trumplandia, well, the inner circle flipped out. Of course, Republicans in the Senate, they don't have much comment about these things. They're praying the Democrats take Donald Trump out because they're craven, unmanly cowards who lack the manhood to even speak their principles because they're so terrified of their own racist voting base. Uh, Bill Barr. Ooh, Bill Barr's mad. Listen to this. Spoiler alert, Fox News. Bill Barr, who again has covered up more shit than cat litter, just all look, he just wants you people to think of the children, please. You know, with their bloodlust, can you just think about these poor children? Give a listen to Bill. I'm not even sure she has a, a good case against Trump himself, but what ultimately persuades me that this is a, a political hit job is uh, she 
grossly overreaches when she tries to drag the children into the, this. Yes, they had roles in the business, but this was his personal financial statement. It was prepared by the CFO. Uh, accounting firms were involved in it. The, the children aren't going to know the details of that and be able, and nor are they expected in the real world to do their own due diligence and have it, you know, reviewed independently. And so uh, <laughs> this, this to me looks like gross overreach, which I think is going to end up backfiring on them because I think it will make people sympathetic for Trump. That this is another example nope. of uh, people piling on because of uh, Trump derangement syndrome. This, you know, this strong desire to, you know, to, to punish him. Mm, please keep me in your Fox world. Please keep me relevant. Please. No one is going to the mat for Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. Uh, by the way, these children he's talking about are uh, uh, 44 years old, 40 years old and 38 years old. These are the children. They've had executive positions in their father's business for over a decade. Don Jr. lashed out at James for being a uh, dem witch hunt. Uh, Eric Trump accused James of working for the DNC. Uh, that's what we think he said. He he was eating paste at the time. It was kind of hard to make out the consonants. But th- this has happened. And Letitia James's office, for all of you who are hoping for indictments, in this case, they don't have the authority to file criminal charges. So she referred the findings to the federal prosecutors in Manhattan as well. We don't know if the U.S. attorney will investigate and cooperate. But just think about this one day. The attorney general files a lawsuit to stop Trump's business and fine him a quarter of a billion dollars. This same day, the Electoral Count Act Reform Act passed the House and had 10 Republicans cross over to vote to essentially stop a coup from happening again. The 11th Circuit granted the stay so the DOJ can go back to investigating uh, the crimes that Trump committed. Ginny Thomas, we now know, has agreed to a private interview with the January 6th committee. It'll be behind closed doors. And she won't have to go under oath, which means the opposite of what they made Hillary Clinton do. But friends, that's just domestic. Have you been paying attention to what's going on in Iran? It's it's just stunning. It really seems like people let the pendulum swing to the right and now they're tired of it and they're rising up. And in Iran, we've seen young people do uprisings and protests. We've seen students. But something that's led by women is inspiring Beyond measure, the morality police in Tehran arbitrarily arrested this young girl, 22 years old, uh, Masa Amini. You may have heard this story. They arrested her and uh, because she was violating the hijab rules. She wasn't wearing the hijab properly. It's very suspicious. And three days later, she's in a coma because she was tortured by conservative religious authorities in Iran, enforcing their abusive, degrading veiling law. Now, this would be horrible no matter what, but this woman was arrested and tortured for improper wearing of a hijab, which should be voluntary. I I don't know what it is with conservative religions and the Christians do this too. Uh, Guys, if God didn't like the tops of women's heads, they'd be born wearing hats. Mm, It should always be voluntary. And now Masa Amini has died after being tortured into a coma by the Iranian morality police. Her mother said, let the world know they killed my daughter. And the protests are incredible. People are clapping their hands. They're shouting death to the dictator. You got to remember that over 50% of the population of Iran is under age 40. Actually, over 60% of the population of Iran is under age 40. It's a young country and the conservative religious bosses are not going to be able to hold on forever. She was murdered because the Islamic Republic didn't like her hijab. 
And of course, the people who don't like Sharia law over there are the ones pushing for Scalia law over here. Conservative religious male douchebags have no position setting policy in any civilized society. And this is interesting because it's a women led revolution. It's kind of harder to do that. Women represent more than 50% of the population. Generally speaking, no offense, gentlemen, women are more educated. They are more coherent. They're more sophisticated, in many cases, more articulate. And yet they're always more repressed than men. But this must be criminally investigated. It's just beginning. When you get a chance, check out some of the footage from Iran. And in the middle of this, because I wanted to save the best for last, the real Hitler of the world. It's not Trump. No, it's it's who's your Vladdy. And Vladimir Putin is cracking up on a scale that has to be be held to be believed. Start to pay more attention to what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. There's a lot of news coming out. I'm very willing to believe that some of this is American disinformation trying to make Putin look bad. I get how that works. And I know our side does it. But in a national address broadcast at nine in the morning, Moscow time, Putin just freaked out on the West. Uh, he was talking about how we have to have referendums so we can just annex the occupied areas of Ukraine. And he suggested rather bluntly that he was ready to use nuclear weapons to defend Russian territory. What's Russian territory, Vlad? Whatever I say is Russian territory. This guy may have put the final nail in the coffin of his dictatorship with this. 300,000 reservists he is calling up to fight. Think about that. There's a war going on right next door to the country. And I have always praised Putin for just being brilliantly evil. I mean, he's the most effective politician in the world of my lifetime. The stuff this guy has pulled off, the stuff this guy has gotten away with, 50,000 slaughtered in, in Chechnya alone. And yet he really seems to be losing it. 300,000 reservists. What does that mean? Well, a reservist isn't the same as here in the U.S., where we have trained military personnel who are in the National Guard who may be called up. These are ordinary people. And Putin's loyal allies, the, the most one, they're, they're, they're rallying around him. But you've already seen Russian TV news criticizing Putin. And now airline tickets out of Russia sold out within a matter of hours. And there were so many reports of men between the ages of 18 and 58 being barred from buying bus and airline tickets. Now there's been human rights groups reporting that if you are a male in Russia between the ages of 18 and 58, you may not buy a plane ticket out of the country. Draft notices are already being handed out to people at bus stations, at train stops. They ask street cleaners to deliver notices in other areas. And, and Russian men. The- Go ahead, Chris. And uh, detained protesters from these protests in the when they're being booked, they're being handed conscription notices as well. The airlines have been ordered to stop selling tickets to any men ages 18 to 65. A partial mobilization, he's calling this, up to 300,000 Russians who may have previously served in the military, but Russia doesn't have a reserve force. This is a second world military. We've been watching this for six months now. They're going to get two weeks of training and then they will be sent to Ukraine to die. This will do nothing for Putin. This will not help them win. This will not help Ukraine lose. This shows that Vladimir Putin is terrified and weak, and no one wants to fight his goddamn ugly war. What has Russia got? They have oil revenue, right? That's it. 
Putin seems to be terrified. If you're doing this when your country is already furious that half the businesses they like from Starbucks to Ikea have left the country over your illegal fucking war, you've actually now got the state media coming out, calling you out, military leaders and politicians calling you out. It seems like Vladimir Putin is having friends die every other day under mysterious circumstances. I think we can report very soon that Vladimir Putin's political career has suffered a fall from a great height. Our friend David Rothkopf wrote in uh, the Daily Beast, Putin's mobilization, nuclear threats, and the announced referenda are signs of weakness, not of strength. Signs he knows he is losing. None are what they appear. None will reverse the inevitable disaster. The invasion of Ukraine will be for Russia or for Putin. I want to play one more audio clip really quick, and this is earlier today. These are protesters in Moscow, in the streets of Moscow, protesting against Vladimir Putin. And they were saying, Putin, go fight your own war. These are amazing times to be alive. It's an amazing time to be a progressive or moderate person with empathy. It's an amazing time to be on the right side of history because there's a lot of good that's just waiting to happen. And we're so glad you're with us tonight to talk about it. Quick break. And when we return, your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Sirius XM. there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I'm John Fugel saying, guys, you've been so patient on hold. Rich in Indiana, thanks for your patience. Hello. Oh, good evening. I have enjoyed this program so much tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you so much. Remember, please remember the, the portmanteau final saying, because sexy liberals are fearless and therefore powerful. <laughs> oh, wow. You can, you can introduce us all on stage with that line. I'll take it. Thank you. Well, you, you, you get me a driver and a fresh set of clothes, and I'm there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. What's on your mind tonight? I, I have had so much lit up as I've followed the conversation, and I immediately uh, was able to recall um, Nancy McLean's book, Democracy in Chains, and the shock horror of a particular uh man in, in the history with, with her book describing uh, the, um, how to say, the, the path of the right uh, mm-hmm. in, in power seeking and how he was suddenly just terrified of the, the loonies that uh, his ideas and his efforts to consolidate power as a right-wing conservative had drawn to the party. And I was immediately, again, reminded 
of how the people who were holding on to Hitler as the the doorknob, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, uh, the hood ornament for for their party to you know fight the unionists, fight those trade unions that are trying to make us business owners uh, bend right. their will. People and, forget how anti-union uh, again Hitler again, was. Mm-hmm. Again and again, it's the nut jobs that get placed in the positions of power and turn on their masters, and then all hell breaks loose. And Vladimir Putin, all you got to do is look at Vlad being this this young person wishing that maybe Russia would have a czar again, and he could be that czar. And yeah, exactly. you know, that kind of ambition, that kind of screwed up perspective on things, when you amp up the pressure on a nut like that, they do screwy shit. And, you know, God damn it. There are silos somewhere in the former Soviet Union that are dialed in 0.0 on Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We are the paymaster for all of the military. And we've got NASA here, and we've got drone centers here. I mean, we have been on their map for a long time. And I'm not even going to have a chance to see the flash. What do you mean? You know, it's like duck and cover, Hoosiers. Good fucking luck. What do you mean you're not going to have a chance to see the flash? What does that mean? I mean, there's going to be an airburst right over me, and I'm going to be the temperature of the sun. <laughs> well, let's, let, let, let's, let's hope it's not going to come to that. I mean, Putin might be falling <laughs> apart and collapsing. I don't think he wants to consign himself and his country and everyone he's ever known to a fiery death. I, 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 I well, don't think he's quite, he's, you know, the end of Scarface level yet. He's, he's every bit the fool. You, you stick him in a bunker, and he's going to screw up just like him. I agree. And it's shocking to see how far he's fallen. For years, I have said begrudgingly that Putin is the most brilliant political mind of my lifetime. Just the, the, yeah. the way he survived and connived, the sophistication yeah. of the, how they hacked the American election. I mean, blacks against yeah. Hillary was a Russian well, Facebook yeah, profile. Well, sure, but... But but also just in his imperialism. I mean, they were trying to compare Trump to to Hitler. It, it's Putin. He has he yeah. has taken uh, yeah. uh, Crimea. He he took Georgia. I mean, he killed fifty thousand people plus fourteen thousand Russian troops in his bloody uh, assault on Chechnya. And yet he he seemingly just walks between the raindrops until now. Yeah. I'm quite shocked yeah, to see how I, his I, entire I, house of cards is collapsing around him. Job at reporting on this stuff. John, we're not doing that good a job at keeping this stuff in, in front of people. I remember mm-hmm. getting to see a, a big chunk of uh, truth information about Chechnya from Vice News, and they were talking about historically, and the guy is trying to explain from when he was a child. He was, he was now an adult soldier. He's like, you know, that's my, my childhood uh, apartment flat yeah. or block over there, and there were big holes all over it from the Russians lobbing uh, shells at us. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't a window in that whole place. <laughs> and, wow. You know, I'm listening, and I'm like, you know, it's it's all built back now, but what you just said, and yeah. it's like, we don't know. It's like there's been a blackout on, on the truth about what Russia does. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting seeing how the next few days unfold. I, I can't stress it enough that we have to pay a lot of attention here because something big yeah. seems to be brewing in that country internally. This is a country that has a very proud history of throwing out czars, and they tried it only 30 years ago yeah. to get rid of Gorbachev, too. Hey, I thank you so much for the call, Rich. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress.
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Series 6 in Progress. If you're on hold, thank you for your patience. We'll be getting to your call and I'll be thanking you profusely for your patience. Here's one little thing about that Joe Biden declaration that the pandemic is over. May I? The CDC released a statement. The U.S. continues to record more than 400 daily deaths and the world counts more than 1,600 deaths each day. Notably, this means the U.S. accounts for nearly 25 percent of the worldwide daily COVID-19 mortality, despite representing only 4 percent of the global population. They go on to say a significant portion of the U.S. population remains unvaccinated or undervaccinated and therefore at elevated risk of severe disease and health nationally. 68% of the population has received a primary vaccine, but only 35% of those over age five have gotten a first vaccine booster dose. Let me say that again. Only 35% of Americans over age five have gotten their first vaccine booster dose. The president's remarks could further hinder efforts to increase vaccination and booster rates ahead of what many expect will be a surge in cases over the winter. And that's not even bringing up the political fallout of Republicans using the statement against him. Now, look, here's how it works. See, we're, we're not cults over here. We're not cult members. We're not ditto heads. We don't blindly follow rulers. I'm very able to tell you that Joe Biden created nine million jobs, had the highest job creation of any president in his first year. He got unemployment down to three point six percent. What a two trillion American rescue plan. He ended the war in Afghanistan. A trillion infrastructure law, first major gun law in 30 years, a black woman on the Supreme Court, 69 federal judges, the PACT Act, the CHIPS Act. I could go on. But in this case, he was wrong. It's really easy to say. Biden shouldn't have said it. I get that you want to say the pandemic's over. I get the logic that's saying the pandemic's over, but we're still dealing with COVID. But long COVID is a thing and we don't understand it yet. And people who get COVID more than once are at a great risk of having a long disease that we don't know how to treat. To say nothing of the fact that GOP can use this against him the next time they tell you to get a shot. We got to hit a break. When we come back, our conversation with the great Julian Lennon will be right back. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we've really missed Julian Lennon uh, a lot, but the man does keep himself busy. Over the last... 10 years. He's written several terrific children and and teens books. He was executive producer of the documentary film Women of the White Buffalo, which chronicled the lives of women on the Lakota Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, as well as the Netflix doc Kiss uh, Kiss the Ground, which is about regenerative agriculture. He also launched the Cynthia Lennon Scholarship for Girls, which is a program for girls in Kenya that has awarded over 40 scholarships to girls throughout Africa. He was named a UNESCO Center for Peace 2020 Cross-Cultural and Peace Craft Award laureate, and he's released a number of singles, a lot of which were collaborations with other people, um, and uh, a recent inspiring cover of the song Imagine, which got a little bit of press coverage. And of course, he's a terrific photographer. His Instagram account, Jules Picture Palace, is a must follow. He redeems Instagram all the time. But Jude <laughs> is his first album, as his, uh, his seventh studio record, his first album of new material in over 10 years. It was made with his longtime collaborator, Justin Clayton, who co-produced. And uh, honestly, it's, it's flat out gorgeous. The songwriting is introspective and personal. His voice sounds great. The production reaches levels of ambience and beauty that are stunning. It's such a pleasure to welcome Julian Lennon back, especially for such a terrific record. Hello, sir. Welcome. Too too kind, sir. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I forget myself half the things that I've I've done. Um, so it's not a bad thing to be reminded every once in a while, and also continue the process. Well, for folks who are greedy like me, who would love to hear more new music, it's good to remind ourselves of how busy you keep yourself and all the different projects yeah. you keep going all the time, uh, especially during COVID. Before we even begin, how how are you? How, are, how have you been? I know that the pandemic certainly impacted the production on this album, but how has the whole experience been for you? Um, I, 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 it was trying. Um, I mean, there were there were there were moments of absolute peace and and joy uh uh you know when the world stopped for a second uh where we could actually breathe and um you know where i live there's 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 a main road in front so to not hear any cars or any noise except the wind in the trees and the birds tweeting uh, and uh you know the the, the the fountain just you know dripping in the distance and hear yourself think for a second. Yeah. I mean, it was magical in that regard. But, you know, a- after some time, um, you know, you start thinking, when, okay, when's this going to end? Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you, know, you, uh, and, you know, I've never been ordered or told or trapped, you know, to be in my own house for almost two years on and off. Um, right. Uh, I, 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 and that was a very scary position to be in because you felt totally out of control totally lost uh totally governed um and which scared the crap out of me excuse my french um mm. 
you know, just being told what to do um, uh, above and beyond, you know, being in a, 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 a business working relationship um, uh, in certain circumstances. So it was a weird one. And it was very much, as you mentioned, a time of... Uh, being uh, reflective, introspective, and looking in the mirror, and really saying, "What's this all about? Who the hell am I? What what am I? What am I doing? Um, am I happy? Am I sad? Um, if I'm not happy and I'm sad, how do I fix that? Um, how do I yeah. find peace in life? How do I find balance in life? Um, and not that I can't say that I have all the answers to that, but certainly." Uh, taking a positive stance and a positive viewpoint and keeping myself busy is one of the ways to go. Um, you know, although that was, uh, again, uh, putting the album together was difficult during that period of time because we started, just and I started the process pre-pandemic. And right. then, of course, at the fairly, you know, a couple of songs into it, he had to go back to Europe, uh, back to England. And, I was left on my own again. You know, there were moments on and off. And, and I had to remember, well, if I want to continue doing this, then I need to remember how to engineer. And uh, I never took a course in engineering, but, you know, I could make things sound good. I mean, most engineers would look at that and go, what are you doing? You can't do that. And I go, well, it works. You know, but that's if it beautiful. works, it yeah. works. That was my stance on everything. You know, that's, that's why I don't read or write music. If I knew what I was doing, I'd be screwed. Um, and that's honest. That's absolutely honest. So, but it um, comes through. I mean, you produced the track freedom all on your own in lockdown, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, a few tracks, but yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we had to learn how to, how to communicate on a different level um, and how to try and finish this work because we honestly didn't know when it was going to end. So, um, yeah. and the whole process of mixing the album, that was another thing because Spike was based out in Los Angeles and he was doing other work at the same time. Um, and that took a year a year to mix an album. So at least that gave me time to think about each song as we were going along it very carefully, very slowly, making sure that I got the best, out of each song that I could. Yes. Uh, it's, during it that shows. process. It, it shows. So, I mean, it was important. It was important. And, and I, and I figured if I'm coming back into music again, um, because uh, I actually love the last album too, but yeah. this had to be, uh, different. It had to be, there had to be growth in that on so many levels. Um, and again, my intention was not to come out with an album. I had no desire to come out with an album after working uh, the last two albums as an independent uh, with no real support, no sponsorship, no label, no, you know, and the list goes on. And then, you know, if you can't get the music heard, then it's back on the shelf again. I mean, that's why I went into doing all the other stuff because I felt, okay, I, I, you know, why don't I see what I can do outside of music? Prove to myself that I'm, I'm capable of other things. Uh, and then in turn, everybody else, of course. And I wanted to build a foundation out of music so I could just go, I I'm worthy of more than just being a number one a musician, but also John's son or the second John, so to speak. Um, that was an yeah, important I thing for me to do. 
Yeah, go well, on. <laughs> that, well, I mean, this record completely, you know, I, I love your previous stuff, but I have to say this album in many ways doesn't remind me of anything you've done before. I mean, I've been listening to this and I was yeah. like, I, I swear to God, I was, I said to my wife, I'm like, I bet Julian is a fan of zero seven. And, and I, oh, I yeah. did some research and it sure enough. I mean, the, the quality of the production is so ethereal and these are not, <laughs> these are not little pop songs. You go to some no. really deep, introspective places and yeah, yeah you're not the guy claiming to have any answers you're asking the questions yeah. in very beautiful ways well i felt that we that the majority of the world would be in that position during the pandemic and i uh, so i wanted to try and figure out at least my end of that deal and figure out how i could come through this in one piece um and uh i just you know felt that i i, I Again, I just wanted to do better than I'd done before, and I want to keep yeah. growing on every level. And that was part of the process. And I think that certainly this album has been that step up to the next level uh, 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 and the level that I must maintain, if not strive to be better than. Well, it's interesting you say that because the last time you were here, I got to be honest, um, I'm selfish and I want you to be putting out music all the time. And you kind of yeah. made it sound like you, you weren't going to ever release another album. And then yeah. it turns out, yeah. actually, none of these songs were technically written for the album Jude, were they? Correct. Um, I, I mean, I'll try and be brief. This all started with a separation between myself and a business manager I used to have. Um, and uh, who was based in London. And in his basement, when we uh, uh, separated, he had boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff, uh, most, mostly financial papers that I had no interest in, in, but I did afterwards. Let me tell you, that's another story. Um, um, and, and along with these boxes were a few boxes of tapes. Uh, and I mean... Every format of uh, of tape that has come since the 80s and before, uh, the first tape I saw, which wasn't even in a box, was a reel-to-reel four-track or eight-track Foster. Amazing. Um, of the original demos of Too Late for Goodbyes and Volot and a few others, other really good songs on there. And, I mean, there were hundreds. I mean, hundreds of these tapes, from cassettes to ADATs to... Elise's 12 tracks, to, and it goes on. And so I, I thought, okay, are these savable? And this is before I knew that they were okay. And there's a process called baking where you take the tapes, company take the tapes, and they ensure that they capture whatever's left on the tape, uh, whatever information, sound, music, uh, uh, you know, written word, whatever. Um, uh, spoken word, sorry. Uh, and... Uh, that was a, a nerve-wracking moment, wondering if you're ever, if these are ever going to see the light of day again. Well, because the tapes and must the first, have degraded so much over the years. I mean, it's inevitable. Well, that's that, what I thought, especially yeah. not being in a box. I, I mean, they yeah. didn't even have their own cases. So, uh, anyway, Justin and I were, were working on uh, my uh, little home studio, and we finally got the we finally got the stuff back. And the first one of the first songs was that came up was "Every Little Moment." And uh, we listened to it and brought it up on the faders and going, well, blow me. <laughs> so I, it sounds like we recorded this last week. I mean, the clarity was there. Um, 
and the musicianship was there. The song sounded great, apart from the fact that, uh, like many 80s and 90s songs, had a lot of drum machines all over it. I was going to so ask said, how the reverb was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that too. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'd been in, working with a few uh, people, and Ash Sohn, this drummer that I found through uh, Pete Vitesse, who I work with as a writer, and so, so who we worked a, a few songs on the album. Um, uh, and put some real players on after the fact, uh, updated the, the production, but minimalist. Uh, 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 I didn't go overboard, didn't want to go overboard. The song was already there. I just felt that the vocals in the chorus weren't quite as strong as they could be, so I re-sang those. But the, but the rest is as it was 30 years ago, 30-plus years ago. And I, uh, and I went, wow, this is great. This is great. Um, I always had the song on cassette somewhere, and I always loved the song, but it didn't have a home back then. It didn't wow. sit with any album. It, yeah. So there were lots of songs like that, like Not One they Night. They were orphans. A few other ones. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so as we started going through the decades, you know, I started getting interested in in writing again and thinking about, well, what about that little idea or that idea? And so that's when it all started coming to fruition. Justin went back to Europe with the pandemic. I was left with some bits and bobs and trying to remember how to be an engineer, even though I'm not. <laughs> um, and and freedom was the first thing that I put together, really, uh, on my own. And I just I fell in love with the landscape. It, it was a place that I wanted, where I wanted to be musically, sitting there. You know, I wanted to close my eyes and float off somewhere else and not be where I was, not be in the pandemic, be in another world where I was totally free on every level. And that's how freedom came about. And for me, that was part of the landscape of how the album should feel and sound. It was a place you wanted to go and be. It was, a, it was, it was about being in that moment, in that song, in that place, in that emotion that was being sung about. It, it it sounds sort of like what the photography does for you creatively in a way. It opens up a different door in the mind, but it also lets you work in different ways, both creatively and technically at the same time. And it's all about composition. I mean, it everything it, it, falls together so beautifully in this album. And there's an you. intimacy to these songs, a, a real intimacy that took me by surprise. I, I, I'm curious about the song "Not One Night" you just mentioned. Yeah, that the vocals are lovely on that. Where was that recorded? Do you remember that, how that uh, was first yeah. time? I've, I've mentioned this a few times, but yeah, it was the vocal was I used to have a bungalow up on Mulholland and Coldwater, facing the valley, nice. and uh, I, you know, I didn't have a studio at that point, but I did have one of those very interesting. I think it was a Lisa's twelve track or something like that. It was like a VHS tape that you had maybe twelve tracks on. Anyway. Um, Mark Spiro, a dear friend of mine uh, and great co-writer uh, uh, and, uh, and great uh, musician and artist in his own right, we'd been working on the idea of this. And um, and again, it was one of those moments where no one was around. I had this in the machine in the my one and only guest bedroom in the back of the house. And I just plugged in a mic, uh, turned up the uh, the um, 1176, um, uh which is uh, a compressor that, um, God, what's his name? Uh, ELO. What's the main Jeff man's Lynn. name? Jeff Lynn. 
Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn had given me because I didn't have any other equipment. I literally, <laughs> at that particular time, plugged I it love straight the story. into the <laughs> to the compressor, put it pretty much on full whack, and sang "Not One Night." Um, the vocal on this album today is that vocal. Um, <laughs> I did great. we and the acoustic guitars too, bar the strings which we uh, re, uh, we re-recorded. But we had. Uh, in fact, tried to re-record that several times with different albums along the way, but it just never captured that intimate moment the way I was close. I got very close, but there was something about me in that back bedroom on my own with a mic and just press record and go and sing it how you felt it. And and, and that's what's on the album. Uh, I, again, with a lot of the vocals that I do, they're generally one takes. Um, really? I, I, which is, which, yeah, oh yeah, uh, very much so. Um, you just uh, nail majority, it the first time? You just, you just, you, you, you only have to do it once and you, and you get what you like. You, 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 near enough. You can nail near it. enough. I, I sing it, yeah, because I'm writing the lyrics for the most part. Brilliant. So I know what I'm trying to express. Um, this is why it's been very interesting. I've been doing uh, rehearsals with a band out here in LA uh, for the past week or so, uh, in between all the other promo and interviews and everything else. Getting ready for, not a tour, but getting ready for any TV appearances or or, or performance on radio and, uh, and, and, and the like. And, you know, I'm singing, <laughs> I'm singing these songs for the first time in 30 years or 20 years. And I only sang it once back then. So I, I'm, I'm here with a live band now going, oh, um, <laughs> um, but surprisingly, uh, we're nailing it. Um, and I'm very happy about that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe because I'm in a much more sort of relaxed state these days that I'm, uh, I'm more in the moment, more present than I've ever been before. So I, I'm just trying to feel it, the here and now, as best I can. Well, then, I mean, let me ask the gazillion dollar question. I, I think I asked yeah. this of you once before. I mean, do you feel any calling ever at all? to actually perform your songs in front of audiences on what people call a tour. I mean, it's been it's been quite a while. And, yeah. you know, I'm very greedy. I'm very selfish in that regard. There's so much of your stuff that I never got to hear live when, you know, oh, I, you yeah. toured last. Well, I, and, uh, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to play. Uh, yeah, I never. Well, actually, we did perform Photograph Smile uh, on on a sort of promo. I remember that. tour. Uh, 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 and that was a lot of fun um, and initially it was a promo tour that turned into a tour um, I, yeah I, I've, I've thought about you know playing the last album uh, Everything Changes Live I, yes. I, I wanted that so much at one point but that just the promo tour from hell took over and uh, you know by that time after a year I was like I'm done here um, but would you ever tour I, again? I, you know, would, you, I, would you ever do I, it? I, I'm th I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying the process. Uh, um, it, it's been fun in the rehearsal studio, a, a bit tiring, especially with everything else going on. But um, I'd always said that if I'm going to do that again, um, it would be performing arts theatres. It would be yes. um, tied into the White Feather Foundation where every city, it would be limited engagements, but every city that I played, we try and help the biggest 
issue and the biggest cause in that city through the White Feather Foundation. There's also competition elements involved in that, but also uh, it's too comp complicated to explain it all now, but I'd also want to do it with a partial or full orchestra as well. Oh, um, this is your, your yes, I, yes, here, here, my, all of this, yes. Yeah, I think I mentioned to this last time we we were talking that <laughs> I, I did this show in Hong Kong. It was part of a festival with, mm -hmm. the, with the Hong Kong Philharmonic Orchestra, and we played, um, uh, you know, Photograph Smile live. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, my jaw hit the floor. I got the goosebumps, the full orchestra. I went, oh, that's, that's what I love. Give me, give me some of that. I can still do the rock and roll stuff. That's no problem. But the full orchestra with some of the beautiful ballads, I, I count me in. So we're talking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's, it's, it's there. I'm still not 100% confident in myself. Um, again, as a performer, uh, I, I don't know how that feels as a slightly older gentleman. And because I think it would be a different deal oh, from back in the day when oh, we're <laughs> young and insane and partying every night, you know, it would be, you know, going to bed with a cup of tea and watching a movie. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to see if there's some kind of balance in there or some way forward in that regard of. I mean, you know, I have to believe that you're ready to receive the love that audiences audiences would give you because this. I mean, I don't it, know. I, these songs stand so know. well on their own. You don't have to cover anything. Just these song, the last two album songs alone, just to hear them live. I mean, defying yeah. expectations and you know achieving that kind of intimacy in a live venue that the record has. I'm just I'm I'm acting like your PR guy here, Julian. I'm sorry, but well, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I listen. I you know if, if, it's it's not out of the question. You know, it's it's certainly a consideration for next year at some point. Um, I, I want to ask you about this this cover of uh, of Imagine. I know you've talked about sure. it a, a million times. I, I know, yeah. and, and I appreciate why you did it. And so much of your public life to me has always seemed like people putting their wishes and hopes and dreams onto you. People who yeah. want you to be the artist well, they need you to be. The second, as I call it, being the second John. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah. And they're all putting their, their, whatever they need you to be is what they want to impose on you. And I've yeah. always respected how you've navigated that. But with yeah. this cover, I mean, you went and did it. You gave people something they dreamed of, and it was in yeah. no way hacky. It was, it was perfect, and you sang the hell out of it. And I'm really curious how the response has made you feel the last couple of months. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, there's two points of view here, uh, two things that are, uh, were important is that, you know, I've, I've, all, I've seriously enjoyed being behind the camera, behind the lens, um, sure. being away from the limelight in that regard. Uh, I've, I've never really enjoyed it. It can be fun if it's the right circumstance. And, um, but to be honest, you know, again, I like it behind the scenes. I like uh, uh, being behind the camera. And and the idea of, number one, doing this song, wow, okay, uh, was never really on my list, uh, you know. Um, uh, and I said I, I would only do this under dire circumstances or what I felt were. were. Uh, and living in Europe next door to the whole situation going uh, going on uh, with Ukraine and Russia uh, and with the rest of the world and the pandemic, I thought, 
you know, if there was only a time and it was a request, you know, can you do something for us? And yes. I, I thought the only thing that would bring attention to to the cause um, would be me doing that. But the moment I said yes was the moment I started to panic because I thought, okay, F. <laughs> how uh, how am You can I say anything do? on this show, but you're allowed to speak okay. very freely. Here. Okay. Okay. Fuck. How am I going to do this? How the fuck am I going to do this? And I just, the first thing that came to mind was that uh, uh, do it on an acoustic guitar. Totally different. Take it away from the piano. Take it away from the rhythm of what the original was. And I'd done something during the pandemic for charity with Nuno Betancourt, um, uh, who, who I think is incredible. And we did Karma Police for that particular charity, right. which I loved. Um, and uh, I, we were in Vegas at that time uh, at Music Airs, uh, who were honoring Joni Mitchell at that time. And before we went out, Rebecca, my manager, says, listen, uh, Global Citizen have just called uh, stand up for Ukraine. It's a worldwide campaign. You got anything up your sleeve? And I, and she just looked at me, and I looked at her, which she's here right now. We're giving, we're laughing about it now, and uh, and without saying anything, I, we both knew what that meant. Um, so anyway, found out Nuno wasn't in town, but he was coming back to LA on a Monday. We left Vegas on Sunday. Uh, and Monday, I went to meet Nuno. Nuno had never played the the, the, the song before, I especially on, uh, on 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 acoustic guitar. Um, we ran through it four times. I didn't know how I was going to sing it. I'd never sung it before. You know, um, <laughs> I don't generally sing along to dad songs or okay. anybody else's, for that matter. Um, I have enough problem singing my own. That's another story. Um, <laughs> But uh, we, we we did about four takes uh, in his little home studio, and uh, and, uh, and uh, you know I said the first thing was no production, no I, it has to be raw, has yep. to be simple, has to be honest, and I just I've just got to give it my all and give it in the way that is the most emotional I know how to do, and that's all I can do. Um, and I heard it back, you know, and I went, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I I feel proud of that. I, I you know I, I felt for the first time akin to that song really in a way that I'd never felt before, and uh, the idea of it being so raw and so straightforward, emotional, truthful, honest, da da da. Uh, of course, I was worried about you know what people were going to think about it. I have to say, um, I, I probably have ha never had so much respect. Uh, come back at me or thrown at me in my entire life, I think. You know, uh, a lot of people have said, well, you really put your cojones on the line with that one. And I yeah. kind of did, you know. Yeah, um, you did. But as long as um, it was going to do some good, and in the end, you know, they raised over $10.1 billion. Uh, uh, I'm happy to be part of that, say, you know. I'm, but it it's... was an emotional thing. I, 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 I've never... But I was worried about also, you know, once I saw it on every news station on the planet, um, I kind of went, right, well, that's I'm, that's me screwed. I won't be able to go shopping anymore. Um, I just thought I was going to, that recognition was going to come back of, 
what it was like when I was in the 80s and I came out with the first album and it was successful, right. how I couldn't, you couldn't really walk down the street. And, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, of course, for the majority of the time, I can do my own shopping. I'm happy to do that. I love to do that. I want to know, uh, you know, I want to find the right apple. Um, and so on. Um, and I'd always looked at, you know, friends like Bono and other major, and they can't do that. And I, I yeah. don't want to lose that. And so I felt that singing Imagine for the world in many respects, you know, I'm not going to get that, that, that peace and quiet again. Bizarrely, it's been the complete opposite. And I don't know what that's about. That's really weird. I'm finding it a bit freaky, but I'm being left alone, which is, I mean, I get the, I get the occasional, you know, you did a great job. Thank you for singing that. It meant a lot. It helped a lot of people. And I, I, I and, but I'm still, you know, shopping at Ralph's and <laughs> wherever, you know, going down the aisles with my trolley and I'm being left alone. So See, that's why you got to get out and tour so I, they can express their appreciation to you in person. Well, yeah. Thank, well, yeah. You know, I feel like right now I'm getting the best of both worlds. Do I need yeah. any more? Um, so, uh, you know, it, I think that's it, the universe it, telling it, you to put out a lot more music, Julian. Well, listen, I've got boxes and boxes full of a lot more tracks, a lot more ideas. Uh, and, I, you know, weirdly enough, I'm, I'm rebuilding my home studio now uh, to enable me to do a lot more music. Um, that's good news. So I don't know whether it's going to be albums. You know, I don't think that's I'm not aiming at that. Because, again, I thought the work that was going to come out of this would have been EPs and singles. Because for me, there's a lot less pressure on that. You know, uh, uh, an album is really a full-on emotional journey, the arrangement, the whole thing, pulling it all together. Um, and it can be very, very, very stressful. And I think doing a couple of songs here and there as an EP is a great way to release music without that stress and allows me yeah. to get on with also, time-wise, allows me to get on with the rest of the stuff that I love to do outside of music. So, um, yeah, no, I, I look forward to getting back into the studio and, and going through 50, 100 songs. I don't know what's there. There's a lot of stuff That's there. great. I've I mean, already a... picked out a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know. Um, I, I, I love when you cover stuff. Your cover of Ruby Tuesday is gorgeous, but I'll tell you, everyone oh, yeah. I've talked to agrees there have been so many covers of that particular song, Imagine, and I don't know anyone who doesn't rank yours as the best they've heard, and I've talked to some real music geeks on this. All the intimacy and beauty of that performance are conveyed throughout the new record. Uh, it's called, again, Jude, with a cover photo by our friend May Pang. Um, yeah. It needs to be listened to on really good headphones and really good speakers. It is gorgeous and ethereal. And if he ever tours, I will take credit for talking him into it. <laughs> Julian Lennon, thank you so much. My and absolute pleasure, John. And I hope we catch up next time I'm coming through New York as well. I look forward to seeing you next time, New York, L.A., wherever it may be. And again, follow the man on Instagram. The photography is just beautiful. You convey a lot without words. Thank you for joining us again. My pleasure. Thank you.